Mr. Dan. Good evening, Mr. Riley. How are you? I am splendid. How are you? I'm good, all things considered. Uh, it's a uh, very cool autumn day. Um, it rained and rained and rained, but uh, we're in full autumn. Yes, and we've talked about this in past episodes. There's been some really nice autumnal days. Beautiful days. Like today. Textbook days. Right? Cold-ish, yes. but not like you didn't need to wear like a full-on jacket, just a nice sweater. I, I, wore, I wore a jacket. I'm one of those people. You have zero fat. Are you kidding? Have you seen me lately? I look like Burl Ives. The word on the street is you're dangerously thin. I wish. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I wish. <laughs> I used to be that guy back in the day that would laugh at people and say, I can eat as many French fries as I want. I'll yeah. never gain a pound. If I even if I just look at a cookbook, I gain 10 pounds. You know, I look back at pictures of myself from, you know, 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, and where I thought I was fat and I wasn't at all and I'm sure in 10 years from now I'll look back at now and and say the same thing again but it's true the metabolism starts to slow oh, I can't I do I could I could eat anything I wanted I mean a lot of people were like that I guess we're that's not a very unique thing but yeah it's my life has certainly changed mine too thank god I, I work out thank god or I'd be I'd be even worse anyway things are good I had a I had a disappointing um a TV watching experience last week that I oh. thought I'd share with you because you could relate. Um, I was really excited that uh, Hulu had made uh, Clive Barker's Books of Blood, right? Which is beloved short story collection into a, a little mini movie thing. It was awful. Is it, is it called The Books of Blood? What's the it Books called? of Blood. It is. Okay. You've never read it? No, I've read um, The Magica. Which is a brilliant piece of writing. And then what's his other one? His big... Op- it's his other big... Like Wave it, World? The Great and Secret Show? The Great and Secret Show. I read that. Anyway, uh, The Books of Blood was just awful. It was so disappointing. In what, so why? Production value? Yeah, just the way that they adapted this, the, the acting, everything about it. It just... And Is we that were the so, one that was completely performed by chipmunks? <laughs> it might as well have been. <laughs> and, you know, it's Halloween. It's time for scary stuff. And mm-hmm. I was just so anticipating this. And I was so let down. Keeping with that idea, I'm looking forward to watching, and I'm hoping to do that this weekend, Haunting of Hill House has a sequel. Bly, Bly Manor, yeah, Bly Manor. Yeah, it's based on uh, Henry James' Turn of the Screw. Oh, oh, okay. It's a, that's Bly Manor in that. If, you, if you've read Turn of the Screw, which I have, it's mm-hmm. an adaptation of that. I started to watch it. It's really good. Not like The Haunting of Hill House was. It's not as fast and uh, what's contemporary. It's more of a gentle a horror story. It's more something you would have maybe seen 20 years ago when we weren't such um when we had an attention span. I don't mind that. Neither do I. But you know how they make movies today. It's kids today have no attention span, I guess, because how, how many episodes is it? It's like, I think eight to 10. Okay. Well, that's a sweet spot. That's good. And that's the whole story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I read that book in my Gothic horror, uh, lit the turn of the screw in third year university. Those yes. kids. Bah. You can hear my, hear my Kool-Aid. Yes, so I saw that before we started recording. Last week it was Kool-Aid, or a couple weeks you had Kool-Aid, now you have Tang. It's Yeah, it's Tang, but it's drops. It's um, it's the drops that you put in water to flavor. When you drink it, is it uh, in an effort to sort of live out that fantasy of being an astronaut? (laughs) I never wanted to be an astronaut. I'm so claustrophobic. I just look at that and I'm like, there's no fucking way. Didn't want to be a submariner? Didn't no. want to be an astronaut? Don't even want to be a sailor. I won't even go on rides that are like that, that are claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. Although when I was young, I did go on the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea ride at uh, Disney, and I was yes. fine with that, which they've decommed. It's gone. I know. I loved that one. I know. It's so funny because like Disney will not tolerate anything that's not like of the minute, and yeah. that makes me sad. Yeah. Anyway, I have a story this week. You do? I do. I have a story um, that I'm really happy about. Uh, It's a good one. Um, It's a very well-known one. I think for the first time I'm touching on something that most people know about. I'm naming this episode, How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria? It's the sound of music. It's not. But the character's name in the legend that goes with this is Maria. Can you guess guess what it is? 
Oh, oh, well, do you really want me to guess? Sure, guess. I think I know. What is it? The uh, the, the the queen there. Um... No. Okay. No queen. No, this is the story of La Irona. Oh, I don't know what that is. Sure you do. She was in Coco. Oh. Okay. The Weeping Woman. Okay. La Irona. It was a horror movie uh, two years ago. Well, I don't, I don't keep up with the films. Okay, La Irona. Okay, it's a Hispanic entity, mostly in Mexico. There's that giant Godiva mug. What? <laughs> a great listener. Just so you know, this mug is quite large. And uh, it's actually taken on a credit on our show. It's our new producer. Can you take a picture of yourself with that mug? And you've got to put it on Facebook. People have to see that mug. Yes, we talked about that before. I, I Sure, I'll do that. This uh, With this episode will come a photo of the mug. Like, you could put your kids in that mug. I Both my children were birthed in that mug. <laughs> well, Marion's going to kill you when she hears that. <laughs> uh, Something yeah. very interesting. La Irona. This is an entity, and that literally means the weeping woman. This is how you pronounce it. I had always pronounced it La Lorona. I had pronounced the L's, but apparently I was being very sort of um, Anglo-Saxon about that. It's La Irona. This legend is so common in so many cultures. And I'm just going to mention a little bit about that before we start. When I turned the stone over to try to find out what this La Irona legend was all about, I found out that the legend of this weeping woman in white is in so many cultures. It goes all the way back to, to the Greeks. It's very prominent in Filipino culture. In some Eastern European cultures, there's a woman lamenting, wearing a white gown, who is considered a very dangerous entity if you stumble across her. Mm. So it's interesting, because we've talked about those universal myths that connect cultures together, like the myth of the dragon, where there was, you know, Asian culture and then cultures across the globe who had no connection, and yet they both had this myth of the dragon. Yeah. Well, a lot of cultures have this myth of the weeping woman. My mom had an experience, I think it was actually before I was born, she recalls waking up and seeing a woman all in white at the end of the bed. I can't recall if she was crying or not. But it was a very odd experience. My mom claims she was not asleep, that she was awake. And then and my father actually just recently had one, a weird one like that, too, where he saw and not a white woman in white. But anyway, I digress. Did anything bad transpire? <sighs> well, you were born. Yeah. There you exactly. go. Exactly. That changed the course of history. It did. And not for the better. <laughs> One of one of my our favorite my favorite exchanges between you and I in the last episode was when I we, I was talking about something you were, you said is that true and I'm like yeah look it up and you go no you look it up <laughs> it's one of the it's one of my favorite little snapbacks so anyway there's this weeping woman legend in so many cultures so very interesting how we culturally latch onto this image of the weeping woman the weeping mother okay. So this is a malevolent ghost. This isn't a passive ghost. This isn't a, isn't a ghost that you, you see and you feel sorry for. This is some bad shit. Mm. So I'm going to go back in the Wayback Machine um, to find out where this horrible entity came from. What does the Wayback Machine look like? The Wayback Machine is the size of a bread box. Oh. But you put your hand in it and it sucks your entire body into it. It's oh. this, you know, 19th. It's like the pensive in Harry Potter. What? Oh, yeah, I get... Yes, the pensive, yeah. See, we're different generations. <laughs> the story, in order to trace it, we have to go back 500 years. Oh, my. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of origin stories for this ghost. Most ghosts have deviating origin stories. It's this, it's that. This one that I'm going to tell you seems to be the one that uh, is the most common. So, the story goes back about 500 years to the Conquistador era in Mexico. Uh, era I know nothing about other than they wore cool-looking Spanish helmets. At that time, a Hispanic woman lived and her name was Maria. How unusual. Yeah. A Hispanic woman named Maria. <laughs> anyway, this Maria, according to the legend, was incredibly beautiful and incredibly conceited. So she was a mean girl. She okay. was pretty and she knew it. She was born, though, into a peasant family. She was the poorest of the poor in the village in which she resided. So her greatest ambition was to escape poverty and marry into a wealthy family. This actually kind of describes my mother. Oh. Really? My mother grew up in a very 
she was the poorest of the poor. They were coal miners on the coast of Nova Scotia. And my mother was obsessed with not being perceived as poor. Yeah. Well, that's a common thing, isn't it? Yeah. So she wore a fur coat all the time. She was like Cruella DeVille in her fur mm. coat, but it was not made of puppies. Anyway, Maria had many suitors in her village. All the men wanted her because she was so beautiful, but she ignored them completely. She was actually disdainful. And then one day she met a wealthy, handsome rancher, and his name was Armando. Can't you just picture him? Hello, my name is Armando. What are you going to say? I was going to say like a nice little pencil mustache. You know, it's funny. Most of the drawings have him in a beard or a mustache. Hey, Armando was known to be a bit of a rogue. And he had a wild side that many people said could not be tamed. And so, of course, all the women wanted him because he was the man that they couldn't get. Mm-hmm. He'd rather be hunting. He'd, you know, he'd rather be out and about. He's kind of, I think, a bit Gaston. I was just going to say that. To make a Disney reference? Mm-hmm. You know, no one shits like Gaston. No one spits like Gaston. No one wanders around grabbing... Oh, Riley. I don't know the words. <laughs> Blasphemous. And I don't, yeah, I sing a song about basically sexual assault. Okay. Don't listen to this show, kids. Is, his, is that song have like sexual assault overtones? <laughs> Not at all. No. Oh, okay. No one shoots like Gaston. Yeah. And something. Oh, there's that giant mug. Um, it when I see the mug, it almost mesmerizes. Like it's so large that it makes me stop and take pause. I bet you could control people with it. <laughs> <laughs> we can do a whole episode on the mug. The mug. You got to take a picture of it. I got it from Montauk. <laughs> Every time you pick it up, the radar thing turns. Mm-hmm. So all the women wanted Armando because he was the man they could not have. So Maria wanted him too, but she schemed and she decided that the best way to get his attention would be to ignore him. And that's an age old technique. We are all familiar with it. Yes. Well, of course, this had the anticipated outcome and it drove. Well, sorry, women use that. I don't No, I don't think guys do. No, no. But of course it worked and it drove Armando crazy. And so he began to do everything he could to get her attention. And the legends say he would sing for her. He would buy her lavish gifts. He would do everything in his power to catch her eye. He even got some outrageously um, opulent outfits. So he looked amazing. Mm. So finally, when Maria was certain that he was completely smitten with her, she gave in and accepted his advances. They courted, and they were soon married, and not far after that had two lovely children. Okay. So Maria turned around one day and noticed that she finally had everything that she'd always dreamed of. A lavish house, a family, and a wealthy, dashing husband. But Armando began to lose interest in her. He -hmm. would go away for months at a time, and on the rare occasions when he was actually home, he's only object of attention was the two kids. He was interested in the kids, not interested in Maria at all. He basically Mm -hmm. ignored her. Mm -hmm. Rumors began to spread that he wanted to marry another woman from a wealthy family, a much younger and much more beautiful woman than Maria. Well, Maria became infuriated. And now there are two uh, roads that we can take with the story now because they have equal weight. Is this like a choose your own adventure? Is the weight of this episode on me now? These two <laughs> these two choices appear with equal frequency. Okay. So here's the first version. Okay. She was so angry, she went for a walk with her children along the river. At that point, mm. she spotted her husband with another woman on the other side of the river. Maria became so enraged, she decides to take from Armando the one thing he loves most in the world, his children. And at that moment, it, she drowns the children in the river, <sighs> then catches her breath, realizes what she's done, and then drowns herself. Mm-hmm. The second variation, Armando comes to visit his children with his new bride, this young girl who he married, wasn't supposed to marry because he was already married, came to just visit his children and completely ignores Maria. Same outcome, goes down to the river and drowns the kids. There's two ways they died. One says she throws them in the river. Another says she holds them under the water until they die. Mm. 
Same, same, yeah. Same outcome. Another version says that she didn't kill herself immediately, that she wandered along the river, refusing to eat or sleep until she could find her children. She eventually died of exhaustion and fatigue and died. That's it. She's dead. Her body is then found by the villagers. They dress her in a white gown and they bury her. That night, those same villagers hear a voice crying out, my children, where are my children? When they investigate the source of the voice, they see a woman in a white gown standing by the river because she's buried in a white gown. Mm. Now, the legend goes on to say that Maria was refused entrance to heaven and is therefore doomed to forever wander the earth. Mm. Why not hell? Well, they didn't mention hell. It was full that day. It was like Christmas. The uh, Inquisition, I believe, was in full swing at that time. Was it? Yeah, like we're talking 1500s, right? 1400s, uh, 1500s, bad stuff was happening. It was a bad time. There's always a bad time somewhere. At this point, the ghost suddenly becomes malevolent. At first, the spirit just wanders the shore of the river weeping. But then the ghost soon begins to lure children away from safety. And once those children are away from safety, the spirit drowns them. Oh my God. Yeah, and the reason being is that she wants the souls to replace her children. So the souls will exist with her forever in her plane of existence. Oh, gross. Oh, it's like Blair Witch sort of. Yeah, and in Mexican culture, she became a cautionary tale. So parents would say, don't go out at night alone or La Rona will get you. Mm. Don't do this, don't do that because La Irona will get you. The tale evolves again. To the point where it is accepted, sort of the tale that we know now. And that is, if you hear the sound of her cries, your death is imminent. Oh. And as I said before, she belongs to a whole category, a whole cadre of spooks that I didn't know about called the White Ladies. Their legends almost always begin with an accidental death or suicide, usually involving a story of loss, betrayal, or unrequited love. The Golden Girls part of that? Yes, the White Ladies, yeah. They're all haunting the... Blanche du Bois. Uh, the, they're haunting the banks of the Lanai. Oh, my God. Remember they'd go out on the Lanai? Is that the the boat? No, the Lanai is like their their summer porch. It's like a... Oh, the that's deck. What, I don't remember. The they'd be like, yeah, we're going to have cheesecake out on the Lanai. Oh. I, had, I, I didn't know that word either. I remember liking that show. Okay, there goes the lawnmower. Hold on one sec. I love the lawnmower. I don't know why he doesn't like the lawnmower. It, means that the earth is alive it's nighttime it's Again. twilight it's the twilight mower it's the legend if you see him you will die <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing i don't even know who's doing it because i can't i just looked out my window and there's no one there it's the twilight mower oh. but th- this happened to us once before and it, what a strange time of day it's cold and dark now you can't see what you're doing out there very strange uh there's an alternate version of the story that involves La Irona giving birth to a child out of wedlock. And being a devout Catholic, she's overcome with grief and shame. So she throws the child into the river and then immediately regrets her actions and drowns herself trying to save the child. Only one child this time. Catholic guilt. Well, I was going to say about the, the whole Catholicism piece, I'm surprised her husband was able to even get a divorce and remarry. Well, the story says he didn't. Oh, okay. He just went out and married a affluent, beautiful girl and just ignored his peasant wife. Right. Yeah. I think five, it was different times too, right? And she has that coming. She, she, she went for a material possession in her husband because he looked good. She played a game that, you know, she made herself hard to get. And he, when he finally got her, the game was over and he lost interest. Well, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a story that we see around us. Every damn day. I used to, see, I prefer what I did to court my wife. I used to do drawings out of baloney and present them to her every day. Baloney. Haha. <laughs> ah, baloney. Uh, it's not true. You're right, Riley. You caught me in a lie. So I'm going to do something weirder than I usually do. I've never done this before, but I'm actually going to read stuff now. I don't ever read. I take 
the information and I write my own narrative. I've never read anything straight off the internet. This time I'm going to. I'm going to read actual people's claims of interacting with La Irona. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And these are people who have actually experienced her ghost, her manifestation. Um, People see her all the time. There are claims that they see her all the time. Is it just in Mexico? It's mostly a Mexican culture thing. So not Spain or other Spanish? Not that I could see. No, it seems to be, uh, it's pretty, it stayed in South America. Mexico is part of North America. Is it really? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm a geography nerd as well. A lot of people don't realize um, Mexico is part of North America. When does it become South America? Because Brazil is South America, right? Yes. So you would have, um, I think, like Guatemala is part of, like all, you know, it gets really, really thin, like Panama. Around there, I think, is where uh, now I'm not that big of a geography nerd. Now I need to look this up, but I'm not going to bother. Anyway, Mexico's part of North America. Okay. It just, I automatically thought north. Well, it, it can't be that because it's warm. Right. It's weird to think of them that way. Okay. Well, now we've, we've all learned something again. It's uh, a Latin America. Yeah. The weird is not only entertainment, it is education. Yes. If you listen to us for the next four or five years, you will get a degree. Yeah, and we're working on uh, getting the paper for that. Mm-hmm. We issue it. Yeah, the stamp. Yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna do a silk screen, and it's gonna look real good. And I still think this is a good idea. Instead of a paper diploma, you get a silk screened shirt, which I can now do. You're doing tie dye. No. Oh, I did tie dye. I did tie dye in grade seven. We all did tie dye, and then we all looked like drugged hippies for a while and no seriously the whole entire art class had tie-dye t-shirts so we were like we were the we were the 420 crew oh boy so do you want to hear a story about la irona bring it to me okay so i'm gonna uh, actually just read you an account so i'm this guy's voice so this was posted on the internet and many sources i saw it on reddit i'm not going to bother saying who it was because it's a made-up handle so it's uh, there's no value in me saying who it was because it's a stupid name so uh here we go the story began on a day after it rained i was outside with my siblings and cousins playing on the streets running around playing tag and jumping in puddles my uncle a skinny 60 year old was taking care of us as the sun started to go down it got colder But it didn't matter, we were having fun. Around 10 that night, something in the air changed. All of us, the kids, stopped in our tracks and looked around. It was as if our bodies were engulfed by weight. And then we heard it. Ay, mis hijos. That means my children. I'm just going off text now just to tell you that means my children. I'm probably butchering it because we live in Canada, so we never take Spanish. We only take French. So uh, it looks like uh, mijos. So we're just going to go with that. And all of our um, Hispanic listeners are going to be furious, but I'm doing my best. No, no. They'll be like our Scottish listeners and kindly point out how to properly pronounce it like we did with Edinburgh. So she says, I'm Mijios. We were all shocked. We had grown up with the legend of La Irona, a woman due to a broken heart who killed her children by drowning them in a river. And her spirit now wanders around bodies of water looking for them. Ay, Mijios, we heard it again. We are all panicking, but our bodies were frozen in place. This time my uncle must have heard it because he ran towards us with his machete. He moved his kids first and told them to go inside the house, but not to touch the stream of water. Since my siblings and I lived at the top, he said he would take us. As we walked, we heard it again. Ay, mis hijos. It was followed by a woman whimpering. My uncle must have seen our scared faces because he began distracting us with silly little tales from his youth and asking questions. Once at the entrance to our house, he told us to go inside and not come out until the morning. My mother went to talk to him. I assumed that he had explained what had happened because the moment he left, my mother rushed into our room. She tucked us all into bed and began spraying holy water all around the room. She ignited a candle and began to pray. I don't know how I fell asleep, but I did. Since then... Whenever we were outside and the sun began to set, 
we all rushed inside because no one wanted to come face to face with La Irona again. That's the first account. Oh, putting myself in that person's shoes. How could you ever fall asleep again I know. after something like that? You know what my favorite part of that story is? Just because I'm a little bitchy, but is that the uncle <laughs> gets his relative kids first and then goes and helps the others. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? Did you have any uncles or aunts like that? that you kind of knew that they kind of pre- very much preferred their children over you? <laughs> I don't really have active extended family, so it's oh, moved. you don't, eh? No, I'm not a family person. My, mm. I'm more into my logical family than my biological family. Mm-hmm. So I, my family I, are my friends who've supported me, who've been there for me. And my family isn't really that those people. Um, we're very different. Um, I grew up very differently than most of my relatives. You didn't have any uncles and aunts? I do, but we lived far from them. So you didn't have a relationship with those? And we didn't really have a lot in common with them. We took, like me and my cousins, most of us took very different paths Mm -hmm. in life. So, you know, we don't have a great deal. I don't have a great deal in common with them. I I like them, but um, it's puzzling to me that a lot of people... um, are really into their families because they feel they need to be. And luckily I never have had that uh, feeling Mm. because I don't, I don't know. I just feel my families deserve my love and respect. They need to earn it. They don't just get it. On my father's side of the family, I only had one uncle and two cousins. One of which I, well, actually, you know, in later life, I've actually gotten in touch with both of them. The younger of the two, there was some more uh, connection over the last couple decades. On my mom's side of the family, though, and again, my mom is going to call me after she listens to this and correct me. I believe I'm one of 43 grandchildren. Dear God. Right? So I have eight, or sorry, seven uncles and one aunt. Huge. And the, and my mom was at the tail end of that, that brood. Mm-hmm. So like my uncle Richard was almost, I think he was like 18 years older than my mom. So he, he was like almost the same age as my grandparents. Right. And I didn't have, I really didn't know that end of the family very well. But then the the uncles and aunts that were closer to my mom in age knew them very well. Like my my mom's sister is, she was my landlord for a while. And I might as well have had my mom, you know, uh, she's my godmother. Oh, that's great. But just very close relationships, right? With her and, and with um, some of my other uncles. And it was very nice. Like I did actually feel loved by them. Well, see, it's the opposite for me. Um, I've always just had my friends. Family's never really been a big thing for me. So um, I have a partner who's very into family and that um, it's often uh, difficult for us to understand each other on that, mm-hmm. in that regard mm-hmm. where, um, mm-hmm. you know, our respective experiences have led us. But anyway, I'm very much a supporter of logical family because there are people who know me way better than my family ever will. Right. By the way, can you still hear the lawnmower in the background? I can. You know, I don't mind it. Um, I don't even understand how it's possible that they're still mowing the lawn. Maybe they have one of those little lights that you put on your head. Oh. It's very weird. It is, because it's definitely dark. It's pitch black out here. It's pitch black now. People are weird. Okay, I got another story for you. Okay. Now, this one's not as well written. Uh, So, these people are just writing in first person, so it's going to be colloquial. It's not... There's that giant mug. Here we go. One night... It was just like any other night. I lived in a trailer with my mom and dad. My youngest brother was staying with my aunt that night. I fell asleep watching Jay Leno as usual. And when I woke up, I was on the sofa in my living room. The time was 4 a.m., which was illuminated from the stove in the kitchen. The television was off and normally I had a light on, but this time it was pitch black. I woke up and I heard a horrible screaming that was coming from far in the distance. The screaming was coming from a ditch that was a few feet away from my house. I heard it, and I thought I was hearing things. I asked myself, am I dreaming? Then I started to hear the animals outside howling and whimpering. These animals that I speak of are cats and dogs. As the screaming got closer, the animals continued to cry. The screaming was something I have never experienced ever before. It sounded like I was in a big hallway and a woman was screaming her guts out down that hallway. Then, in all the screaming, I started to make out words. And these words being said by whoever this was at 4 a.m. screaming shocked me. 
the woman said, Ai, mis hijos, O my children. In a huge panic, I quickly got up from the sofa and ran to the kitchen, which was right next to where I was asleep. I turned the closet light on and looked around. The screaming didn't stop. In fact, the screaming only got louder and closer. I questioned my sanity at that moment. Was I going crazy or hearing things? Then I thought to myself, this is real and the animals are responding to it in a negative way. So I did what any other 11-year-old boy would do at a moment like this. I ran to my mom and dad's room. I reached for my mom and I shook her awake. She woke up slowly and to my amazement, the screaming faded away as she woke. I thought to myself, what the heck is going on? I told my mother, Mom, do you, do you hear that screaming and crying lady? My mom was half asleep as she said, go back to sleep. It's just likely your imagination. I told her, no, this is real. Please listen, don't you hear her? My mom quickly just said, you are dreaming. So go back to sleep, it's going to be okay. But then the screaming had faded long away, like whoever was screaming knew that an adult had come awake. I was terrified as I returned to the living room and quickly turned on the television as I left most of the lights on as well. I didn't go back to sleep until the sun came up. I couldn't believe what I'd heard and witnessed. Well, I was treated like a crazy person whenever I told the story. It got so bad that I kept the experience to myself. To this day, I don't care what people think about my experience. There you go. So only children can hear her? No, but she tries to lure children. Yeah. So adults have also... Oh, adults hear her all the time. Experience. Yeah, her. but she tries to get kids so she can kill them and replace her missing children with them. She does this over and over again, I guess, in, in eternally. Wow. Did you notice when I'm reading them, I'm doing my my professional reading voice? I did notice that. You... Are you you embodied, I would assume, a 14-year-old boy there. Oh, no, I, I sounded way older. I, I just, I didn't, I, <laughs> I just noticed I was doing that. I'm like, oh, God, my theater training has kicked in. Blech. I've been reading to my kids right since, well, before they were even born. I love that you do that. I love that you do that. And so we flip-flop between long books. So I'm in The Half-Blood Prince right now. I'm going to sneeze. I love that you turned off your mic to sneeze. Because I didn't want my levels to go crazy. Thank you. So reading The Half-Blood Prince. So it's been several years because it takes a while to read uh, that those books. When he was young, I could maybe get five to ten pages. And now, now we're doing like close to a chapter a night. Mm-hmm. But I've had to remember all the voices. Oh, because you do the voice. And he'll call me on it. like, he, And he's 12 now. He'll like, Dad, that's not the voice you use for Hagrid. Well, not Hagrid. That's a bad example. But it'd be something like uh, Cornelius Fudge. You'd be like, Dad, that it's been like a year since I read the last one. So I have to try to remember. And I base it off the films. Do you know how badly I want to hear those voices? Everybody does now. Next time, you got, next time you're going to have to read a little bit of Harry Potter because I got to hear it. I got to hear it. I want to hear how you do the <laughs> Dumbledore. Oh, well, here, I'll do it right now. Are you serious? Yeah, it's right here. It's in my library. <laughs> well, dear listeners, we get a, a treat this week. We get to hear uh, the Dan rendition of Harry Potter, um, the Kindle edition. Not even the Kindle edition. I guess that would be the Audible the Audible edition, the audiobook on tape edition of... What? what? Oh, I was just babbling. I was telling them all... So I just picked the Philosopher's Stone, and we'll go to the end, because we know that uh, Dumbledore's there. All right, so this is, I guess, when he's meeting Harry in the uh, Miss Pomfrey's um, uh, little hospital thing there. So, the truth, Dumbledore sighed, it is a beautiful and terrible thing and should therefore be treated with great caution. However, I shall answer your question unless I have a very good reason not to, in which case I beg you'll forgive me. I shall not, of course, lie. That's weird, by the way, because I could hear that. But it sounded really good. You were doing a really oh. good. What was his name? The guy who died. Uh, well, Richard Harris. Richard Harris. Yeah. Yeah. He was in one of the worst horror movies ever called Orca. Oh. Wait. So it was Richard Harris who did the first one, right? And then who took over? I don't remember what his name is. Yeah. yeah he, they're both good. Yeah. They're, they're both, both good. good. Very good. Thank you. Very good, Mr. Lajwa. I'm going to tell you another story now. 
about La Irona. Okay? Okay. Here we go. My dad was a freshman in high school during the time. He was active in sports and it was football season. Back in that day, he said he would have to walk to and from school and they used to use what they called the stinky tunnel to transport because it eliminated the risk of crossing over the train tracks. This tunnel was approximately 50 yards long and a lot of homeless people and druggies would stay in that tunnel overnight for some kind of warmth or to get cover from the winter autumn nights. One day, my dad went to school as usual, then had football practice afterwards. They were getting ready to play a big game, so practice lasted a while. It was around 7 o'clock when he finally got out and headed home. The walk back home was approximately 372 feet. Well, he got to the stinky tunnel, which he decided not to take because there were already people down there, the druggies and the homeless. He decided to walk across the track instead. He said he had just crossed the track when he heard the loudest crying, very emotional, like something was wrong. Well, he looked everywhere to see where it was coming from, to no avail since it was dark out. Only the far street lights were barely illuminating the dirt around him. He started to walk faster, and the crying followed. My dad's arm hair stood on end, and he was getting goosebumps. He started to speed walk. The crying began to increase in strength and volume. My dad at this point started to run. He was already tired, so he couldn't run at his fastest. But the quicker he ran, the closer the crying got. Too terrified to turn around, he ran as fast as he could and dared not look back. He said it followed him all the way home and that the last thing La Irona said was, Mijo. He got inside the house and collapsed to the floor in tears. My grandmother ran to him to see what was wrong. He didn't say a word of what happened. He simply got up and went to his room. There you go. Wow. That story I've came across in like 15 different places. That's a Yeah, well and there there answers my question can parents yeah. hear it. Yes. And I only have one more story, and then we can uh, we can discuss. It's already at forty three minutes, so um, I, I thought it would be a lot quicker. But uh, we got into Harry Potter land. We got into Harry Potter land. I thought that was charming. Thank you for that. Yeah, I, I feel like I could have done better. Well, I always feel like that in life. I was thrown by the 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 feedback in my ear, and I do. I feel like I can do. I can do a better Dumbledore than what I was doing. All right, I'm going to tell you one more story. Okay, here we go. This is a longer one, so I'm going to take my time. It was during the summer when my family decided that we should all take a trip to Mexico to visit our family. I was about to join the Marine Corps, so my mother wanted for me to go see my family just in case something bad were to happen. At the time, I had a pregnant girlfriend who would... That's a nice trip, by the way. I just have to... to Mexico? Yeah, like you, uh, you, you're, you're going for a vacation because you might die. Oh, yes. Go, go see your family. You might die. I love that. Mothers, eh? Older mothers. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I've never actually uh, been to like that kind of Mexico. I've only been to the American version of Mexico, like Veradero and places like that. I've never been to Mexico at all. Oh, it's so commercial. It was so commercial. The closest I've come is San Antonio. Okay, continuing on. At that time, I was with my pregnant girlfriend who would later become my wife and then my ex-wife. Since she was pregnant, I didn't want to leave her alone, so I bought her a ticket so she could come with me as well. She was Caucasian with blonde hair and hazel eyes, and she made everyone around my grandma's house curious, and a lot of our extended family came by to see the beautiful American girl. After greeting everyone, we all started to talk about what had been going on since we had left. My girlfriend was sitting next to me, and she was having me translate parts of the conversation. One of my aunts, who knew I was into the paranormal, brought up the subject of La Irona, the wailing woman. My mother quickly told my aunt to shut up since she knew it would get me both interested and scared. But I was able to push my aunt to keep on going. I mean, I was going to be a Marine after all, so I couldn't let a silly myth scare me. She proceeded to tell us about how whenever she would sleep over at my grandmother's house, at which we were currently staying... If she stayed up late enough, she would be able to hear the wails of La Irona. Well, my mother rolled her eyes and jokingly pushed my aunt. 
The subject died from there since one of my other aunts started to talk about her son and what was going on and it was eventually abandoned. Seeing how serious everyone had gotten for a moment, my girlfriend nudged me and asked me what we were talking about. So I told her the myth of the wailing woman about how she drowned her children in a river and was destined to walk along all the rivers of Mexico looking for those children. Well, my girlfriend laughed, not really buying any of my paranormal stories. That night, my parents decided that my girlfriend and I should stay at our old house where I had grown up since we were both adults and, you know, we needed our own space. That house was currently being worked on, so the bedrooms had no doors or working lights. The only doors the house had were the ones that led into the house. Oh, they were fairly new, but they were your standard metal flimsy doors that a kick or a punch could make rattle throughout the house. Inside, we had to use a candle and a flashlight as our light source. Well, I remember we even used a bedsheet as a temporary door to give our room a little more privacy, even though it was only the two of us in the house. As the night went on, my girlfriend and I stayed up talking and eventually we both fell asleep. I don't know at a, what time exactly, but something woke me up. I didn't have a cell phone and my watch at the time was really cheap, so I wasn't able to tell what time it was in the dark. Looking down, I realized that my girlfriend had stolen the cover, so I slowly tried to steal some of them back. and. As I was debating on closing the window that was located right above our heads, I heard a long wail. It was a long, distorted wail. I could hear the old raspiness in the voice, like, like the person had been yelling for such a long time that her throat was almost ready to give out. But what confused me was that her wail sounded as if it was being played through a, an old gramophone. I don't know if it was the scratchiness of her voice or, or what exactly, but it sounded like an old creepy record playing over and over, and she was wailing her trademark, Ay, mis hijos. Well, that wail was what made her infamous, not just in the paranormal community, but with most people living in rural parts of Mexico. My girlfriend started to stir and woke up. I don't remember if I woke her up on purpose, but either way, it was a dick move for me to do it since she would also get to hear the wails. I was both excited and scared at the same time, a cold chill traveling down my spine, which just reinforced my fear, and the wails grew louder, making it seem as though she was slowly heading towards us. Side note, there is a myth that if you hear the wails getting closer, she's actually far away. But if you hear them far away, she's actually near you. My girlfriend asked me with a half smile, what the hell is that? Well, thinking I had asked my aunts to scare us, you know, I just motioned for her to be quiet and listen. And hearing the tone in my voice, she knew that something was definitely wrong. Another loud wail passed by, echoing inside the house. My girlfriend started shaking, terrified of what could be outside the house. I had my left arm under her head and I could feel tears running down her face. Each time the wail came, she would shake a little and at the same time I would hold her close. The wails eventually came to a peak where it sounded as if she was right outside our window. Doing the only brave thing I knew, I pulled the covers over us and tried to remain as still as we could. <sighs> The wails eventually faded out, and just as we thought that she had gone, we heard two wild dogs viciously fighting and slamming against the outside door. My girlfriend had grown attached to a stray dog that used to walk outside my grandmother's farm, so while we were staying there, that dog would always sleep on the outside door and wait for us and greet us whenever we would come out. The dogs, or at least what we thought were dogs, fought for a good minute, slamming against the door, snarling and barking at one another. Then, as suddenly as it had started, the fight stopped. We attempted to stay up for a while longer to see if we heard anything else, but eventually, sleep overtook us. The following morning, we talked about what had happened. We walked outside to meet our stray dog, but he was gone. All that was left was stirred up dirt from the fight that had happened the night before. 
We never saw the dog again the rest of our trip because he would usually come around, but we just told ourselves that maybe he had found a place with better owners who could feed him. This all happened around 2008 and still happens today. Whenever I pick up my daughter, I ask my ex if she remembers what happened in Mexico, but she doesn't like to talk about it. I haven't been to Mexico since, and I don't want to start anything political, but California was part of Mexico, and there have been rumors that some people around Tijuana and Southern California have heard the wails of the woman. And that's the story. Well, that's creepy. Yeah, and there are probably three to 400 stories out there that are similar to this. So I will point out a common denominator with all of them is that sleep is involved except for that one with the dad and the tunnel and all that but a lot of those stories they're like they awake it's night you're generally asleep right yeah i just mean it's possible it's sort of a waking what's it called where you're dreaming but you're awake Uh, a waking dream a waking dream yes so that's the legend of la irona the reason i wanted to tell you those stories is that's what the appearances of la irona generally look like Mm-hmm. They hear whales, they often hear mijios, this, uh, the aye, aye, kind of screaming. I know it sounds funny. I'm not doing it justice at all. But anyway, this is the wailing woman and she's terrifying and that's how it goes. So those are recent, in, within the last 15, 20 years or so, sightings of La Irona. And like I said, there are hundreds of others, but that's what the ghost is like. And she, people in Mexico believe in this fervently up until this very day. And like I said, to close off this, uh, my topic this week, uh, the spirit or a rendition of her was featured in the Disney movie Coco, which was done in 2017, which we both have seen and liked. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she was also the uh, subject of a, movie, a horror movie from 2019 called The Curse of La Irona, which was a terrible horror movie that I saw. So, but I, before you close out, I would do, are there any cases like in recent times where a child has gone missing and they've blamed, was it my Sharona? La Irona. It's not my Sharona? No, it's not my Sharona. Is it possible Elvis Costello is behind, wait, does he sing my Sharona? The Knack sang that. Oh yeah, the Knack. The knack. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I, oh. No, is, has there been any, like where a child has gone missing in a town and they're like, ooh, I wonder if Tons that- of them, but yeah. they're legends. I had a hard time tra- tracking them down okay. uh, because yeah. it happened quite a while ago. But yeah, children would go missing all the time and it would be blame- blamed on La Irona. She had lured them out of their homes down to the river and drowned them and their bodies were never found. Now, mm. again, the, the idea of children going missing um, and then you blame it on that. Right. Yeah. So it could be just attaching that particular story to children's children being abducted or going missing or whatever. Um, that could be just a case of that. Both my children went missing once. And do you know where we found them? Are you serious? They really did? In my mug. <laughs> you idiot. A giant mug. It's outrageous, that mug. Anyway, um, that is all I have for the Curse of La Irona. I wanted to do this for a while because uh, it's a really, really well-known story and subject of a horror movie. Anyway, you don't want to you don't want to hear her at night howling for her children. No, my children, you don't. my children. Ah, uh, that would be uh, that would be bad. Yes, it would. Yeah. So there, there she is. That's all I've got. It's a simpler story than my usual. Uh, you say that all the time. That's a that's a good story. But it's it's not incredibly complex. It's not like the Montauk Project, which I'm still trying no. to figure out. Yeah, I still ha- I have to take down my visual displays that I had set up in the basement. <laughs> that was a that was a complicated one. My favorite part of that is still the radar installation moving. Yeah, it's hilarious. That and the monster. It's yeah, but I just see the the townsfolk all get, getting together and like, did you, did, Ed? That wasn't like that yesterday. And, and that and that one too, that is like that actually for real happened. And for real, there is no explanation for why or how that was. But then possible. there's that, that guy, oh, I traveled back in time and now I'm this and they wiped my mind and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that's just a good story. So there we go. I that's my story. Good stuff, man. You like? I did. I find that stuff. You know what I was going to say earlier when I, when you asked me if I, I was going to, if I could guess? I thought you were going to bloody mary that's what i was saying the queen right that's what i meant when i said about uh, how do you solve a problem you know when i was in school we used to sing um how do you solve a case of gonorrhea how do you make the burning go away who do you think gave you gonorrhea yeah <laughs> and then poor maria in your class would just cry 
Wait, oh, we wouldn't sing it to anyone named Maria. We just thought it was oh, funny. Okay. How do you solve That's a nice. case of gonorrhea? No, I thought, but you know, with Bloody Mary, it's similar, right? It's the fear of these uh, demonic vengeful women. women. Venge- vengeful and women. they're always women who have been done wrong. Someone done her wrong, and she's back to collect. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's. Um, I'm glad we're treating women better these days. Yeah, not. <sighs> we got a long way to go. Let's just hope. Yeah, let's just hope that I think we're moving in the right direction. I hope so. I hope so. So that's my story. Dear listener, we love that you spent some time with us, and I hope you hung on during the Harry Potter moment. If you would like me to come to your home to read to you or to your family, you can reach me through our Facebook site, The Weird, or Twitter, or Instagram. And for a very small fee of $99.99.99, I will happily read any story to you, including the Clan of the Cave Bear series. Is that actually a book? What? Yes. Why do you go, what? By Gene M. Owl. Why would I know it's that? It's like a classic. You know the movie? Yeah. It wasn't Daryl Hannah or some, okay. some so buffoon in that? I, I took that from my mom. Like It was on the, the bookcase at home as a kid and started reading it. And it has graphic descriptions of sex. <laughs> and I was reading that probably, I'm going to guess, around 13. So it was like, that, that was sort of like how I learned about you know, sex was through these books. Jesus. Like graphic. Poor Marion. Oh, you know, when I get into full woolly mammoth mode, watch it. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. No. Oh, God. I need a shower now. No, oh. why? It's, it's a oh. mythical beast, a beautiful, gentle, mythical beast. Why would that upset you? You know where we went. You know. I don't know where we went, actually. Oh, come on. When I get into full woolly mammoth mode. Well, what does yes, that sound like? What does it sound I like? I just picture you standing in the doorway in a thong going, Marion, <laughs> I'm in full woolly mammoth mode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ, that made my night. <laughs> <laughs> should we let these poor people go? Yes, we should. Okay, we love you. Um, let us know your feelings. Say hi on Facebook. We want to communicate more with you. So if you want to do that, do it because we love it. Yes, and, um, you know, it's it's nice to hear from all of you, even if it's just a hello. All the messages that you do send, be they from Ireland or Finland or I'm hoping now some from Mexico, uh, we, we enjoy all of them and we appreciate your support. Indeed we do. So thanks for being with us here at The Weird and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. When I get into full woolly mammoth mode, watch out. <laughs>